As always, good morning to Harvey Stockwin. Yes, good morning. Hong Kong in crisis. Absolutely, and today, because of the holidays later in the week, uh, Steve Vines joins us again. Good morning. Interesting you say crisis, because that does technically mean big change. It doesn't necessarily mean something bad. I thought what we do today is ask some of the questions that have arisen over the events of the past few days instead of just steaming in. And the big one is, what do you guys call this thing now? And, and take it on. Has Benny been a catalyst in this? Has it gone beyond him? All of that stuff. Harvey. Well, Harvey, do you want to go? You go. OK, well, I think that, um, it, it, in a sense, it doesn't matter what, doesn't you, matter call what you call it. It, it doesn't does matter it? what you call it. But what you have seen is this really spontaneous outpouring. I mean, if the um, government for one moment thought that they had the situation under control or they had a plan, they obviously didn't, because they've gone from tear-gassing the participants in this civil unrest, and it is civil unrest because these protests are unlawful, to completely withdrawing the police. I was down there yesterday. I didn't see a single policeman between Central and Admiralty. So Riot they, squad or no policeman at all? None. 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 Because no the one. official announcement was the riot squad well, is being uh, withdrawn. I, let, let me give you a, a compare and contrast. On Sunday night, when I emerged from the Admiralty MTR station, it looked like Darth Vader had landed in Hong Kong. You got out of the station, they were in full riot gear with gas masks on <laughs> and shields drawn. Yeah. That was confronting all of us very threatening people coming out of the MTR, some of whom were wearing T-shirts. How dare they? That was a bit, bit, bit outrageous. How very dare Then we have the people who have been lying on this very radio station, and I think the prime suspect there is Regina Yip, who says, oh, the police had to act because they were attacked. Regina, you weren't there. You weren't anywhere near the scene of the crime. What happened was... They fired tear gas into the crowd. I'm talking about Sunday night, not, not, not Monday morning. They just arbitrarily fired tear gas into the crowd who were doing nothing. I really have to stress this, because this is a lie that is being spread around. It was, it was eking closer. I mean, if, if they there were doing were anything, they, people, were, they were moving just gently. There were a lot of people. It was an unlawful assembly. Fair enough. Did they provoke these tear gas attacks? The simple answer is no. And... Fortunately, most people in Hong Kong are much more sensible than Regina because the response, the, the trebling in size, or maybe quadrupling in size of the demonstration is almost entirely down to these unprovoked attacks. The headline in the New York Times was spot-on accurate. Crackdown on protests by Hong Kong police draws more people to the streets. But that's I just logic. I don't think there's any doubt about that Let's whatsoever. go back further to the root of this one. It's quite interesting. You said something about weren't prepared, etc., etc. So in all of this talk about Occupy Central, which isn't actually, is it? No. <laughs> um, in all, there's an assumption that people would just drift in on a busy work day, they'd get turfed away, da-da-da-da-da. And that, it didn't seem that there was any notion that one it would be set up on a holiday when the next day was a work day and two it would go slap bang into the heart of in, into a real juncture not just because the government place is there because these roads are real conduits to other places that is in fact the operationally better place well to i go. mean you, you know when you want to use the word spontaneous it really does apply here. There's no need for any hyperbole. This was spontaneous. There yes. was a demonstration going on in the government complex, and it just grew. 
And uh, what fascinates me, I mean, this is more a question for the historians, but what fascinates me is how much was this what the um, Occupy Central folk had been planning and how much was it by the younger generation? Because, I mean, the image of the end of last week and the beginning of this week, the image was of the students actually taking over from from the the Occupy Central, uh, Occupy Central seemed to be jumping on the bandwagon. And well, if they were, does it matter? Does it matter? Is a well, the, the, but, the, but but I think I think the answer to Harvey's point is this: is that it's both. There is planning. I mean, what is so extraordinary about this demonstration? And I mean, like Harvey, I've covered many demonstrations in many parts of the world in my life. I've never seen crowds of that size who see a police vehicle and don't want to turn it over and burn it. In Hong Kong, nobody is even rocking these police vehicles. That seems mm. to... You know, you remember all the stuff going down anywhere in you, London anywhere, recently. Anywhere you want to go. Anywhere you want to talk about. Number two, what's a... I mean, this is the stuff that's not reported, so let's report it here. Go on, then. Number two, what do you actually see these kids doing? What did I see last night? Walking around with large black plastic bags clearing up the litter. Not only clearing up the litter, but separating it from recycling. recycling. I mean, good God. This is the violent, unruly mob out of control. Number two, what are they doing on the side of the road? They're handing out um, these mouth... Um, these mouth covers, what do you call them, mouth, face masks. masks. Um, they're handing out water bottles, they're handing out bananas and various other things for people to drink to sustain them. So in that sense, it's highly organised. When, um, when the police but were who getting, did the organising? Well, I think this is where you have to talk about Occupy Central, because Occupy Central did a lot of training for non-violent protest. For example, this business of all the students putting their hands up in the air as soon as a policeman approaches, telling them, don't have anything about your person that can be construed as a weapon because you will be arrested for it. If you've got your hands in the air, how can you possibly be trying to attack a policeman? Yeah. All of this did, does actually come from that training. Not the first time in history we've had non-violent non protesting classes, is it? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I'm just saying it's come to Hong Kong. I know, yeah. There are people on the side of the street... Uh, uh, the street, I mean, it's a very... No, the street is now Causeway Bay to Central, but uh, uh, punctuating the road, telling people what to do in the case of tear gas, telling people what to do in case of the police approaching them. You know, there is a level of organisation and there's an enormous level of spontaneity. But was it self-organisation by the students? Well, I think they, they did participate in these training sessions. Let's so put it this way. Os they knew what to do. Osmosis. I don't know the actual meetings that Benny and all the students had, but osmosis possibly heard, occurred very early on Sunday morning. I believe they said it was one one forty am that he announced it. And it just was one of those things that all the all the things were in alignment. Oh, you're get... talking, when you say he, you're talking about the invisible chief executive of I'm Hong Kong. I'm talking about Benny in this instance. Oh, all right. Oh, sorry. Oh, announcing. announcing, announcing well, the, we can the... come on to this one. Yes. Where is Waldo? You know what I'm <laughs> but let's let's just finish this one first. Yeah. It seems that it just you know things grow. Did you notice it took about an hour before kids were asking? Check out all the social media uh, kids. People were asking for buckets. So if you see a, if you see a canister that's just been lobbed, douse it. And people mm. were doing that. Mm. So these little things grow. This is this is a, and that wasn't entirely spontaneous. As I say, there was training. They, they did teach there them was that, right? training for that. But most of the people who were there who were there. I shouldn't say were, because they're still there. 
uh, didn't uh, participate in that training, but I noticed, listened quite intently to, obviously, people who had had that as to what to do. So, I mean, this is... I, I, I heard on, on this station earlier on Robert Chow talking about, oh, they've all gone there to have fun. You don't know what you're talking about, Mr Chow. You don't even begin to know what you're talking about. These are very serious people who were paying very careful attention to what was going on. And, and this is what I find really impressive, you ask anybody who was there, and this is precisely what I why are you here? They can give you a very articulate reason for being there. You don't get kids turning up and saying, oh, it's a bit of bother down there, I thought I'd, you know, come over. You would in other countries. You certainly would in other countries. You don't get it here. Why are these people who claim to love Hong Kong so dismissive of Hong Kong people? It's very, very depressing. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> the people who've lost out on this, it seems to me, are not only the bomb- Beijing whatever it's. I mean, that they would lose out is inevitable. But also the the, the, the social democrats, uh, uh, the, the democratic politicians haven't responded to this situation. Well, they're, they're in the back seat. Some of them have been locked up. They're in the back seat. Uh, well, in that case, I suppose you can argue that they recognise that they're in the back seat, but I would expect them to provide some leadership. And when it comes to a question of leadership, what the hell was Benny Tai doing on Sunday evening being widely across, uh, quoted across the media saying, I've lost control? No leader ever announces I've lost Except control. Except I take issue with that. I don't... Huh? I, I mean... Having heard what he said, he didn't say that. What he said was, is he is, was widely quoted. He yes, was he widely yes, misquoted was. as yeah. saying that. What he, I mean, as ever, the the devil is in the detail. What he actually said was, "Isn't it magnificent? I never planned any of this. I never, in my wildest dreams, thought all these people would." come out in these numbers obviously it's not planned by me i am not controlling it that's a very different statement from saying i've say, lost, I've control. lost control and by yes. the way and by the way <coughs> it's fantastic i think most of us will get out on the ground i hesitate to say news but recounting of events because it's not all credible on things like facebook and social media everybody knows to think twice before they sort of go around spouting this is absolutely a fact but i must say a lot of it is a fact and it's backed up by videos and photographs you know when you're in in as ever when you're in the middle of a crowd it's very hard to tell what's what's going on elsewhere simply because there's so many people and you can't move yeah but one thing you can do is get the mood and the mood is very determined, and it's very, very... Um, I don't know where it's heading, because, of no, course, we, 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 we don't know. I mean, they've tried the very heavy hand of, of cracking heads, not literally cracking heads, but, well, it is literally in the sense of firing canisters at people. But we don't know how they're going to respond. But the, if they think that they're going to solve this by clearing the streets with tanks, clearing the streets with uh, by other means... They will, of course. Right. I mean, you know, individuals can't stand up to tanks, but is that the, is that a solution? Well, of course, there were rumours going round about that, and of course, yes, there were pictures of PLA armoured cars floating around Facebook. We don't know when they were taken, what they were there for, etc., etc. Can we go to a couple of bits and pieces uh, from listeners here? I want to say hi to Tim. And by the way, the best, the best stuff we can talk about this morning, if you want to correct us, do it. If you were there and you saw something that was going down, morningbrew at rthk.hk, or just stick something on our Morning Brew Facebook page. As Tim has done, he said the giving stuff is also the giving of 
stuff is also spontaneous. I've lost count of the number of friends, both Western and local, who have collected, donated, and willing to give stuff to the protesters. Spontaneity. We can't knock it out completely. I think it's happened. He's quite right. I mean, you see people literally arriving at, at, on the streets with big boxes of water, big crates of bananas and what have you. Yep. Nobody... Nobody is, is, is... I mean, what's also nice about this is nobody's saying, oh, you know, this is a gift from... You know, in Hong Kong, it's always got to have somebody's name on it. There's just random people coming along saying, here, have some help, of that. help yourself. We can afford it. This is what I wanted to get into. What things, <coughs> what things have changed in Hong Kong, both good and bad, just irreparably? No going back through the activities one way or another of the past couple of days. You know, could be anything. We've learned we can walk down the streets to get to work. We don't have to. We don't have to run for our lives when when a blinking great big black people carrier comes up the road. You know, we, little things like that. These 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 have been shown and, to and us. And the self confidence that people gain from taking part in these protests, because it is overwhelmingly young people. I mean, if if you want to feel old, be my age and turn up at one of those things, and you'll feel very well, old is indeed. It, you say young people; it's kids as well, and you know yeah. that, that that. But that, but my point is, this is this is a sense of empowerment that they get from participating in these things. But it's a sense of empowerment for a purpose. So, I, I, I mean, for all those people who say this is disrupting their education, I'd actually say it's adding to their education Gosh, yeah. in, in a very substantial way. I'm thinking that um, it's... Uh, there's one quote I have in front of me that uh, I think summarises <coughs> the situation... Uh, it's by Joseph Cheng, uh, who, of course, was briefly uh, arrested during these proceedings. I think the entire pro-democracy movement understands that Beijing will not budge. Any campaign which cannot secure concrete objectives within a reasonable time period of time is going to be a very, very difficult campaign. I think that is a very accurate assessment of the situation overall. And I wonder how many people uh, have taken it aboard. Right. The thing, you know, you're, we're talking about all the really cool things that people are doing down there, and on a human level, fan bloody tastic, right? But the people, the, 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 the mainland and, and the Hong Kong government, the, the big beef isn't that. The big beef is they're there. They could be ordaining people down there. It wouldn't matter. They're in the middle of a public thoroughfare. That but is it's purely a simply it. It's a challenge to the established authority. And, and that's this what worries me, that it's tick, tick, that boom the now. Chinese Communist Party doesn't like. I mean, the, the, the statement or the, the quote from Joseph Cheng that Harvey just read out is something that I agree with too, because this is going to be a very long process. It's not going to be settled by Sunday. I want to go to a cookie here from Marty, who says the no PA system was such a blessing. It was quiet enough for small groups to sit on the road and chat, no one to tell people what to do. You remember they got their, their audio gear lifted. Um, several pieces, actually. Right, yeah. Yeah. He says no cars, no fumes, pedestrianised city, lovely. Marty, that is actually what I'm getting at as a long-term thing. No police, more orderly and safe than any police-managed public event. I am so worried that this beautiful calm is the calm before the storm. I so hope I'm wrong. Well, you may not be wrong, according to what Stephen Vines, writing in the South Morning Post, South China Morning Post, to, uh, appeared uh, to say in the in New York Times the day before yesterday. So no. if this is the wrong quote, uh, Steve. I'll have to by, it. By, by all, you've, Go on you, you read it. Beijing's proposals are designed to foster confrontation and show the central authorities will not blink when it comes to maintaining 
tight control over the special administrative region. The usual suspects who nurture intense dislike for the democratic movement but pretend to occupy the middle ground have emerged with glee to berate true believers in universal suffrage for not accepting that something is better than nothing. And it is doubtful party officials will stop there. Against this background, we can understand why Beijing is looking for confrontation to bring Hong Kong people under control, Vines says. Anyone naive enough to imagine that this will be limited to imposing a phony form of democracy clearly knows nothing about how dictators work. Forget Was about that a fair quote of you? Yes. Forget <laughs> as I'd written it. Hey, forget about Occupy Central. The thing that's leaving me gobsmacked is that the New York Times printed you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, here's a guy writing an opinion piece, and his last four paragraphs are all Stephen Vines. Well, they, Amazing. They, they, they were. You should charge they, they, New York they, Times they, for a fee. They were buried away in the South China Morning Post the, the week before all this started. All right. Well, he unburied uh, them. Yeah. Well, he unburied them. But but I mean, whether I wrote it or not doesn't matter. I mean, the point is this is that I do think they want a confrontation with the Democrats in Beijing. I do think their mentality is the way to deal with protest is to bang it on the head, not allow it to fester. And we've seen that time but, and but time again. But the best laid plans of dictators and men, they just don't work. All right, put the brakes on. We're going to come back in full force after the news. It's Morning Brew at RTHK. Right, let's go to an email from David. Sorry, mate, I'm going to have to pre-see this a little bit. He says, this is going to be contentious. As an adult, I hate the thought that someone in Beijing thinks they know who would make a better leader for me than I do, and I would love to see true democracy here. However, does anyone really think Beijing can cave into pressure uh, from the great <coughs> Hong Kong public? Beijing, and they've shown it this week, he says. Beijing knows that if it gives into Hong Kong's demands, then every other major city in the PRC will start demanding more freedom. That is the elephant in the room, isn't it? Um, if that happens, then the wheels fall off the PRC. It wouldn't be long to go back to the warlord days of the 20s where the chaos and economic crash that would follow. Literally millions would die. Beijing will. It has to be tough out the protest here. The only question is, how ruthless are they prepared to be? There's more, but I'm going to leave it there, David. Beijing has to tough out the process here. Well, it looks very much as if that is where the regime is heading. I mean, what I found absolutely fascinating was in the, just as this whole uh, business was exploding in Hong Kong, uh, there was Xi Jinping asserting that there would be no change, absolutely no change in policy uh, uh, for Hong Kong. Of course, this only underlined a fundamental reality we're all up against, and that is this is an exceedingly hardline regime in Beijing. You know, anybody who had ideas that Xi Jinping had taken uh, lessons from his father uh, and, and therefore was a real reformer, uh, you know, it, it is, it, they're, they're daydreaming. Everything, everything he's done since he took over has been lined up with a very hard line. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, what would have, what if, if he had any sympathy at all for democracy, what would Xi Jinping have done as soon as he took over from the rather listless administration of Hu Jintao? He should have made some gesture towards, uh, uh, Liu Xia. The wife of 
Lou Charbot, who's been de facto imprisoned in her home, even though she has committed no crime. It wouldn't hurt, uh, uh, it would do a regime a lot of good, especially externally, to make a gesture in that guard. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't lessened Liu Xiaobao's punitive 11-year term. You know, everything's been hardline, hardline, hardline. So we should be surprised? In terms of Hong Kong, let me just take a flight of fancy yeah. here for a second. Yeah. Beijing will not go back on its plan. Da, 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 da. We've heard the hymn she quoted from over the past few days by the big boys in the Hong Kong government. Flight of fancy. They do change their mind. They take a few heads with them along the way. They knock off the senior people in the Hong Kong government. They say, well, we, we, meant, on, we meant to do this all along. You just didn't understand what we meant, Steve. Well, we're in uncharted waters. I know this sounds like a cliché, but it is literally true. We're in uncharted waters. We have no idea which way the tide is flowing. What we do know is that dictatorships are brittle, and they're very good at banging people on the head, but they're not very good at knowing what to do next. So I don't disagree with anything that Harvey's just said, but I do think that this is a process... And in the process of challenging the power of a dictatorship, I'm very afraid to say people are going to get hurt. Now, the question is, how many people get hurt? How hurt? That's number one. Number two is, can the regime, without undermining its own power, and this is all it's interested in, is maintaining power, can it make concessions to protests? Well, the answer from history is, generally speaking, no. But there are instances in which this has happened. This has even happened in China itself, with the protests in the south, where they allowed limited village elections. That was a biggie. Well, a small biggie. (laughs) It was a small biggie. So what do you think could happen in Hong Kong, which incidentally is supposed to be a special administrative region? I know all this is forgotten. It's very funny. One country, two systems. Who believes that anymore? But in theory, in theory, this is entirely possible. But, of course, it won't happen by going up to Beijing, as as some of the fantasists in the anti-democratic camp believe, going up to Beijing and say, please, sir, can we have some more? It, it doesn't work like that. All right, now listen, both of you, you're not going to have any fireworks. Oh, yeah, that's And you blow. have asked for that. Don't make me come back there. No fireworks for you on National Day. But I do have a present for you. Now, I've got something I want to play you. Um, Now, this happened about 7.15 this morning. The male voice you're going to hear on this clip is RTHK's Mike Weeks. Clearly, um, the police are reassessing their their strategy. And... um um, they are not trying to disperse the crowd by use of force, uh, which proved ineffective anyway because of the large numbers. And the police themselves, I think they needed some rest. You know, the police, I've, I've had complaints from junior policemen that uh, they had to sleep on the ground and they didn't really have enough food supply and they were very tired, you know. So they also to to slow down a bit, you know. Um, the numbers are very large, you know. The demonstrators are jubilant uh, and angry, you know. Um, but they have to bear in mind the damage they are doing to Hong Kong, to the innocent shop owners, you know. If this drag on for a few more days or week, you know, um, think of the damage to the economy. It's the small guys who suffer. 
Uh, I agree. I agree with that. But um, at the moment, it seems it's very peaceful that people are being allowed to go about their normal businesses, that shops are opening, uh, that um, people are getting to work. So it doesn't seem to be a major problem. And we've got a holiday coming up for the next two days anyway. Um, well, uh, it's, you can't, it can't really say business as usual. A lot of traffic diversions, uh, traffic jams, you know, um, you know, there are a lot of, uh, we have a few, far fewer visitors now. We're getting fewer visitors from the mainland. Hong Kong's overseas image severely damaged. You know, you, how can you say this is business as usual? A lot of people paying high rents are losing business. It certainly put Hong Kong on the map anyway. And we've got, as I said, the National Day tomorrow. Uh, I'm, it, sure gonna... be, I'm sure there'll be, you know, activity tomorrow. Mm. You, know? you bet there will be, guys. Well, well, she, honestly, she, this she is... was bemoaning that there's no fireworks. I mean, there, she is talking about people's image going down. Her image has gone down to zero. I want... Uh, you know, can I'm, we just I'm say? No can I just add to that? Yeah, I mean, do. you know, they used to say about the Diem family in 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 uh, Vietnam. You know, they have but one country to sacrifice for their lives. Well, in in Hong Kong, Regina Ip has but one special administrative region to sacrifice for her career. She's playing this game now, where she's she's she does. Oh, I'm you know I'm I'm out here to support the businessman, the small people. Now today, she's announced that she wants to be the conciliator give me no she wants to be the chief executive well no but that's the whole point that's what she wants she she finds no crisis too small to use for her own personal career ambitions she claims that her party is working to uh as the honest broker who on earth on the democrat side would trust regina Ip as the honest broker to broker talks between the students and the chief executive you can be very sure that's not going to happen but what's really insidious about her remarks is you know she ignores the protest she says hong kong's image is being is being sent down the down the drain a few shopkeepers are being hurt where they're hurting business the small shopkeeper let's be very clear who (laughs) you know as in all these things why are they there why are the protests there they are there because a promise that was given has been broken to achieve democracy in hong kong they are there because all other forms of protest have proved to 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 come to no result whatsoever these are the basis of what's happening today it's not about whether a clothing store has to shutter its gates at six o'clock in the evening i i happen to be the owner of a shop in central that closed early on yesterday do you, uh, do you hear me whinging and belly aching like this rich woman? We're not about that particular thing. No, I could do it about some other things. <laughs> just, you just don't you just want to chip in um, when you hear these kind of things? Oh, damage here! Why? How? Uh, to the shopkeepers? How do you know this? You just want to constantly go. How do you know? But, I mean, Who, but this is your... such a side issue. I know. I, it is, I, I don't. It's... Yeah, it's very good. annoying, and it's such a side issue. I'm saying you, what you want to say is back up every single syllable that comes out of your mouth. Yes, but she's not concerned with the politics of reality. She (coughs) lives in a dream world without ever realising it. No, I think she's concerned with her career and she thinks she can position herself as the next chief executive of Hong Kong by being a stern supporter of law and order and trying to in this weasel-like way say, oh, also I'm the go-to person for a compromise. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, that, this that is absurd. Is, it's is, just is, absurd. Yes, I mean, it's so absurd, it's not worth thinking of. She, in other words, she's hoping to come to power on, uh, on the, the On gut, the backs of these protests. On the backs of the PLA, maybe. Yes, Are we maybe. sort of calling it ambulance chasing? I mean, yeah. there are ruder ways of saying, but let's there call are. it ambulance chasing. That's the politest way I could think of saying that. Yes. All right, let's let's get let's get back to some of the stuff we were talking about here. So the day to day stuff, people 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 writing all over social media this morning about that we're not you know swamped by cars and fumes, and let's not forget there are issues that are going to go one way beyond this. The sort of the the, the, the environmental stuff that's not going to go away. But Hong Kong's just gone on to a sort of reset over the past couple of days. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think. If you say, and it's perfectly correct to say, that the, the people in the streets to demonstrate about the proposals from the um, Chinese government over uh, democratic reform, but actually, I think more fundamentally than that, and you hear it from talking to people, they're there to defend Hong Kong's way of life. They're there to defend the fact that we still have a free media to some extent, yep. that we still have a judiciary that functions. That's what they're frightened of. And these people like Regina Ip, who say they're doing a lot of damage to Hong Kong, just wait and see what damage will be done if the Chinese authorities are allowed fundamentally to undermine the rule of law. Mm. If in Hong Kong you get arrested for having the sort of discussion that we're having today. If in Hong Kong there is no longer the possibility that when a protester is arrested, as they have been in this instance, and their lawyers go to the court for a writ of habeas corpus to get them released, it is doable in Hong Kong. When all of that finishes, the party is over. That's the real damage to Hong Kong, yep. and that's what those people are defending. Harvey, one for you. Everything we're talking about this morning is in the light of the past two days. One thing that we haven't mentioned, and we should, do you think the British government has shafted the people of Hong Kong? No, I, I don't think so. Uh, they've played a background uh, performance, which I don't think highly of, but they are nevertheless the parliamentary committee charged with examining Hong Kong affairs is going to go ahead but of it. that's not the government, Harvey. No, that's, that's, but it's, that's, that's it's, uh, it's, it's, it's run by conservatives, uh, the majority party. But, uh, the, 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 you know, I think Britain will reluctantly, perhaps... I, I, I phrased it wrongly. Sorry to interrupt you. Better question here. Are the people who are taking part in these uh, demonstrations right to be saying, you've left us out to dry to the Brits? Are they right to be saying that? No, I don't think so. They're right. I don't think they're right to say that. I think that more could have been done, but left out to dry, no. Because what has happened as a result of America and uh, Britain being reluctant allies, shall we put it that way, as a result of that... The, the Hong Kong people have had to assert themselves, had to assert their identity, and I think that's all to the good. If It, it wouldn't have done any good to have asserted the identity behind m uh, aggressive statements from the British or American leaders. Uh, so, in, in a way, I think things have happened for the best. Well, I agree with Harvey that this is something for Hong Kong people to sort out, and it needs to be sorted out here, but I can't help observing and reminding listeners of what was said at the time of the handover by Tony Blair, who was then the Prime Minister, in Hong Kong at the ceremony when the handover was taking place. He said, there's one thing you can be absolutely sure of. We will never forget you. 
we will never abandon you. Well, that was said on day one. By day two, Tony Blair, with his famously long memory, had forgotten about Hong Kong. And I suppose it's in the way of things that they've got bigger things on their agenda. They have to say that They've got an enormous problem in the Middle East. They've got an enormous economic crisis back home. So I, I don't... I completely understand why Hong Kong isn't at the top of the agenda, but there has been. There's not much been uh, said, has there? There has been well, a stage of back on the top of the agenda at the moment. What has amazed me, I th- you no, know, well, I, I thought mean, this that... day it is, but but yeah. it hasn't been since 1997. Oh, that's yes. true. But it, it, it has made a comeback, and it's been a big comeback. And I've been surprised by the fact that uh, uh, what is happening in Hong Kong has been the lead item in news bulletins all over the. World. It was even lead item in the notoriously insular Fox News in the United States. <laughs> yes. oh, what was the angle of that? Which, 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 which thinks that Virginia is a foreign country, <laughs> let alone Hong Kong. So. It thinks that Virginia is that lady we just heard <laughs> speaking yeah. on. The- <laughs> Can we go to a little thing here from Scott, who writes in Beijing? As, yeah, the Western angles here, very interesting. Beijing has just has long learned that Western capitalism pretty much loves the system in China. Look at how even Bush father and son, <laughs> Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, all travel to China to make speeches in return for, you guessed it, billions of dollars. Hmm. Well, I mean, this is, uh, you, you know, this is how it works. World, world is, of business, is, isn't it? Is that um, if you want to be recipient of bribes, you will get richer. I mean, this, isn't a, this isn't a great mystery. The question is, what role will China play in the world as a responsible participant in it being the largest country in the world? Is it really going to rely... On, on, on paying off ex-world leaders to be its spokesmen and to be its conciliators, or is it actually going to play a really constructive role? What worries me is the fact that th- this whole crisis, uh, as we should call it, it, it once again reveals the fact that China's own position in relation to Britain, in relation to America, is intensely antagonistic. Any expression of sympathy uh, uh, by Western countries uh, like Britain and America towards democracy in Hong in China is regarded as a hostile act. This is hostility towards country countries with whom Xi Jinping goes around saying he wants better relations. But the very foundation of better relations is being denied by Chinese spokesmen. Well, this is the problem with with dictatorships, is they are very, very, very unable to take any form of criticism whatsoever. So, I mean, what we're seeing in China, this sort of trying to pretend, in the more extreme fringes of the communist press here, that all of this is some sort of foreign organised plot, of course is just ludicrous. But it does reflect the paranoia that these regimes have, because fundamentally the they are based on, on very, very insubstantial foundations. And when those foundations are challenged, they, they start hitting out wildly at, in all directions. I, I don't think it makes China look good. Well, just, just, I mean, we nearly finished this topic, but just one here from Mark. Yeah, what does the UK government have to say about the events in Hong Kong? I thought Her Majesty's government had a duty of care towards the Hong Kong people on paper. Well, it actually has a treaty Tell us registered more. Tell us at the United treaty Nations. Yeah, but yeah. what does it mean? What does it mean? Sleeves well, up the wise. treaty, the treaty obligation, which is the joint declaration, is that in in part of that treaty, which is why they had all these meetings of the joint liaison group and what have you, was precisely 
to give Hong Kong, uh, sorry, to give Britain a continuing monitoring role in Hong Kong to ensure the implementation (laughs) of the joint declaration. What it means is very little indeed. Final question. Where is the chief executive? (laughs) In the pits. Well, he ain't uh, ain't in public, uh, is he? He's he's certainly... uh, Do you think he's gone to Beijing? No, I don't think so. I think he's in a room somewhere. He's he's selflessly allowed his number two, Carrie Lam, to come out and speak to the press. He has in the middle of... Of course, she has nothing to say. She has nothing to say, but she's actually at least showed herself in public. The last time C.Y. Leung appeared, to the best of my knowledge, was at 1.40 in the morning on Monday in, in, in a taped video um, where he did a very good imitation of a speaking clock, but not that animated. <laughs> His day is done. Uh, it's really pathetic. But uh, you can't rule people without standing up for them and appreciating their their way of looking at things. At this particular crisis time, it was essential that the chief executive express some sympathy with Hong Kong's vision of more clearly, widely accepted vision of more democracy. He couldn't do it.